Hello, everybody, and thank you for coming back to Mixed Up with Mary and Monty. I am Monty. And I'm Mary. And how are you doing, Mary? How have things been since last time? Uh, they're okay. I felt like this week was finally like the start of the new year. Mm-hmm. We can finally start over and get ready. Yeah, it's far, it's far enough away from the first. Out of the gates, it's pretty busy. Exactly. So. It's a Tuesday now. Yes, it's finally <laughs> Tuesday. Any noteworthy music that you've been uh, listening to? Any new discoveries? I like new discoveries. Um, this week, I really like Parquet Courts. Okay. Like, it came out in December, but I've been wearing it out. Haven't got this it week. yet. I've um, been looking forward to it, though. It's really great. It's all over the place. It reminds me of um, Jim Carroll, mm-hmm. but then it sounds like Strokes, and it's just, it's great. Parquet Courts. That's the one that comes to mind. And then I listened to the new Phosphorescent, mm-hmm. and he sounds like Eddie Vedder. It's weird. <laughs> but I, those are two I have pretty good. Um, just, and Sturgill Simpson. I, yeah. can't, I can't stop listening. My coworker Jason, actually, you know, he's the one that really, really loves Sturgill and was playing the hell out of it over the past few months. But lately it's just been, I want to hear it all the time. That's a, it's a really so. good album. I picked that up off your recommendation for 2014. Nice. This week was my rediscovery week for albums. I, uh, I, an album I always go back to every now and then, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Found its way back into my, uh, my CD player, as well as Aesop Rock, because I was bummed that I missed his concert this week. Yeah. So Labor Days made a special appearance as well, too. And That's then, uh, such a great album. Yeah. We talked about it be- before the mic started, but uh, um, Panda Bear's new album. Mm-hmm which I'm uh, still feeling out a little bit, but I like that he's uh, he's doing something different. None of his, like, it doesn't sound at all like his last album did. Oh, um, New Bell and Sebastian oh, is fantastic. I have not heard that either. Good. So, this week, episode five of Mixed Up with Mary and Monty, and we are going to provide some sweet, sweet music for your listening ears. And uh, as we, we begin the new year... I found inspiration in the theme for this podcast number five, and uh, it should be noted that uh, we couldn't call this mixtape today an original idea because the elitists have already discussed this way back in 2000 in the seminal and controversial (laughs) scene in the movie High Fidelity. I'm sure. um, I still hear people talk about that movie in record stores all the time. And I'm sure since your involvement in, in, in record stores and in the music business for such a long time, you've probably oh, had this conversation many times. Yeah, there's plenty of things to identify with in High Fidelity. Oh, yeah, definitely. Does uh, does anybody not like the movie? I always I always well, think it's funny when someone like at a record store is like, I hate that movie. Well, that's you, not how we are. <laughs> exactly. That's why. Yeah. That's exactly why. Because you're like, I'm not that big of a dick. You know, like, I don't, we don't bang on people for their tastes like i wouldn't kick somebody out for <laughs> buying stevie wonder or carly but simon or... Without, without pointing any names out in the record stores i've been to and not pointing any specific record stores out but i have heard the banter i've had heard people oh, yeah. like yeah. like abuse people because of what they listen to or roll their eyes because of what they listen to and every time i see it i think it's funny well it's gonna happen yeah, i think it's hilarious <laughs> it's gonna happen like if you come in and ask me for ted nugent i'm gonna be like Oh, <laughs> I'm going to get somebody else to help you because I might say something horrible <laughs> to you. So, awesome. All right. So the first, uh, with episode five, we titled this, uh, this podcast, the first cut is the deepest. 
And we are going to talk today about standout side one, track one songs on albums. Not necessarily the seminal ones, not necessarily the, seminal the big ones. They're seminal to us, our favorites, the ones that are special to us. So I made a rule for myself with picking the tracks today. I made sure all songs on the list were true track number ones. Now, I could put a ton of hip-hop songs on here. However, yeah. which, mm-hmm. which you know, we look at this. I look at, uh, for instance, uh, I wanted to put New York State of Mind from Nas's Illmatic. It's track two because he decided he wanted to talk through do track an one intro. and do an yeah. intro. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to – I made that rule. Some people say, well, the first music track is – but mm-hmm. that doesn't count. It's not if they're presenting one. the album to you and they include an intro, that intro is the – introduction to, exactly. the, to the album so so uh count. so a lot of a lot of songs didn't make the cut i mean i had this list and when i when i first thought of the idea i put everything down on paper and i'm like here's what i'm gonna do and i realized when i went back to these albums i'm like man there's a lot of these songs that aren't on the <laughs> are on the list because they're track ones you verified i did that or a couple twos. times there were a couple tracks where i realized that my introduction to them as a first track means like Fugazi, I wanted to put Fugazi waiting room, but then realized 13 songs is a compilation. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird that I just realized this, but to me that was my intro to Fugazi. Oh yeah, so. definitely. But so, I didn't put that on there, just for technical, you know. So just for just so that we cover a few titles and you know, we don't start getting people unsubscribing from mixed up with Mary <laughs> Monty, I, I I added a few uh, examples from some albums that did not did not make our list today, but are true, wonderful beginning songs. So I'll just kind of run through them here a little bit. So here's the first one. Three, four, one, two. Yeah. So this is from uh, Revolver, The Beatles, track one, Taxman. Just because, surprisingly, today, no Beatles. Not one. <laughs> I tried, Monty. I tried really hard to hold back, and I did it. I was shocked, because I didn't put any on there either. So then we got our uh, another example here. I'll just kind of run through these. Oh, right? Of course. Led Zeppelin Four, Black Dog. Can't get any more rock and roll than that intro right there. And going on to another one. Highway 61 Revisited Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Another one. Why didn't you put this on the mix? And here's another one. Oh. Imagine, off of uh, John Lennon's Imagine album. So now, those are the obvious ones. We know yeah. those ones. So let's go into a couple of, uh, of lesser, well, maybe not lesser known ones, but just not ones that people are going to say, well, I shouldn't say that, because this I never like mind. A- technical list like this is like an enemy or a spin list or something like you got it you got like it most popular vote sunday morning i almost picked this it was really close sunday morning praise the dawn 
Good song. Sunday morning off of Velvet Underground and Nico. And so we got another one. I just got a few more here to kind of show you. Nice. So we got Gimme Shelter off of Let It Bleed, Rolling Stones album. We got <laughs> Blister in the Sun off the Violent Femmes, self-titled Violent Femmes album. I have to do it. I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and just for uh, for for people that, that may not like the older stuff and may want something a little newer, we're going to move to the 80s. And uh, <laughs> Razor's Edge, ACDC, Thunderstruck. This song... Will pump you up. It'll pump you up. It's good Sunday Sunday football music right here. I learned to drive to this album. No way. I learned to drive fast like drive, to this okay. album too. <laughs> I was gonna say that. But we had this long straightaway that we would learn to drive on, and I think it was zero to sixty and oh, yeah. in a chorus. <laughs> I just fist pumped, and uh, and an album that came up on a or a song actually that came up on a few people's uh discussions when i brought this up to some friends of mine i think it actually came up in one of your friends's discussion but didn't make our list so here is uh this actually was really close to making mine but i kept it out you are now about to witness the boom NWA straight out of Compton. It's such an amazing intro cuz you you visualize them oh, yeah. walking down the street uh huh <laughs> this is a, uh, a statement album as well, too. Statement song. Yeah. Because the second song off of this is uh, F the Police. So there you go. A couple of uh, examples of uh, what we're going to be tackling here. It's a big and, one. And uh, ladies first. I'll take it over to you, Mary. Go ahead. Ladies first. I should have picked Queen Latifah. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so this was really fun, and it was really exciting. Like, I think first tracks have a lot of energy to them, so mm -hmm. that was a really... It was fun, and it was easy to just go through and be like, yeah, I love that feeling of that intro. Well, first song, <laughs> not intro. I started with Weezer. My name is Jonas from their debut album, The Blue Album. It's the first one I thought of for, you know, track one. Mm -hmm. And a debut album, so it's kind of like a trifecta of introduction to what Weezer was. Mm -hmm. It was refreshing, and it was fun and accessible and well-produced, and I can't say much more. It's just such a solid track, and friends that have been talking to us have agreed this is one of the best. Oh, yeah. I one agree. of those top ten songs. and It was on so my list. Yeah. And I took it off because I saw it on here. <laughs> we don't twice. double up for you no people. We up. give you more. So this is from the Blue Album from 1994. My name is Jonas. I'm carrying the wheel. Thanks for all you shown us. This is how we feel. Come sit next to me. Pour yourself some tea. Just like
It's great. And it's the lyrically, you connect with him. The mm-hmm. whole album, you connect with him. Especially yep. at the age I was. Um, oh, yeah. You talk about your dad and you talk about your brother. And and it's also a really good 5 o'clock song because yeah. the workers are going home. And not only is that a good intro, but the rest of the album is completely solid as well, too. You yeah, know, it's it funny. It only gets better. I think one of, I was thinking about it, one of the best character, characteristics, uh, characteristics of a first track is that you immediately expect the second track. Oh, yeah. Because every time I've heard this, I want it to go right mm-hmm. into definitely the next. So where I went with my second, my first pick, is I didn't want to disappoint any of the metal fans that might be listening <laughs> out there because uh, we've only, we haven't had a whole lot of metal. We've done a lot of metal, yeah. We could do a whole metal. We we could. Episode. It's probably it's probably coming down the line. But uh, I'd like to start with uh, off of Def Jam Records in 1986, and produced by the amazing Rick Rubin. This is the album Rain and Blood. Yes. By Slayer. Uh, lead off song off this album was Angel of Death, and it influenced and became the example by which all other metal songs were measured by me. <laughs> it's chaos, it's like completely disturbing a lot of the time, and uh, I have a great story about this. So I went to Sl- I won some tickets, Slayer and Megadeth, and uh, I decided to take my wife to it because she really liked uh, Megadeth. Never seen Slayer. So we see Slayer, or we see Megadeth, they're the opening band. And uh, we're waiting for Slayer to start. And uh, there's a guy about two rows behind us. He's about 350. Biggest dude, like, taking up two seats. And he had about 10 empty plastic cups laying at his feet, right? And he was passed out, completely passed out, for, like, the last, like, four Megadeth songs. Well, here comes Slayer onto the stage. Big old curtain up bunch of upside down crosses the curtain drops and they break into a song and the dude stands up and he screams Slayer! <laughs> it's like you woke the beast. woke up the beast which followed immediately by a complete emptying of his stomach mm. he vomited <laughs> on down everything and we were like right in the waterfall because oh it was at a it was oh at God. a theater in downtown and it was the the stacked seats so it just started to flow I'm telling my wife was traumatized, um, sure traumatized was. by that. So uh, my wife said something after the concert was over, and she didn't tell us to leave early because I was really in the Slayer. And she said, I want to send uh, Slayer's marketing people a, a quote. And I'm like, oh, what's your quote? And she goes, when, when the apocalypse happens, Slayer will be the opening band. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so here's Angel of Death. Wow. 
Monty just lost it a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Like he crazy. was headbanging so hard he <laughs> threw his headphones off his Man. head. It was amazing. My neck will hurt for the rest of the week, I promise you. <laughs> FYI, Thank everyone. You for that. Mary has the best hair for headbanging you, you've ever some, seen. It's yeah. perfect. She can get some. She can get some whip out of it. <laughs> I won't cut it because, you know, metal hair. That's right. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> um, uh, any other vomit stories associated with Slayer? Or there are probably, there are or... probably a few more. I, uh, <laughs> I went to them again, I think, like uh, a couple years later. This is just actually this year I went to them. And uh, um, I, I was very, like, I was a little farther back this time. And I just kind of sat and relaxed. Let's... And it was... Uh, it was a weird experience seeing people go nuts. <laughs> well, it's funny to relax to Slayer, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's soothing in yeah. a way because it's it's not going to change. No, so. it's not. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm going to go into my second song then. Uh, <laughs> talk about really good intros. To me, I, I chose Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison Blues. Yes. Because when Johnny Cash comes in and says, hello. I'm Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. That's the best introduction. Like, there is none other that can come out, tell you who he is, and go right into a song. Just hearing, hello, I'm Johnny Cash, makes you feel like, hello, I'm talking to God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm Folsom Prison Blues. Thinking about him performing at Folsom Prison, introducing himself... And he did that. That's his key. You know, that's mm -hmm. his signature. He would always introduce himself on the Johnny Cash show, every show he did. So mm -hmm. I felt like this was really appropriate to an introduction and a first track. So I chose Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison Blues. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around a bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down to San Antonio When I was just a baby My mama told me, son Always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno Just to watch him die When I hear that whistle blowing I hang my head and cry That's seriously one of the best uh, country songs ever well, and like you said, it being a live performance, you can in enjoy the audience reacting yeah. to the song. And of course, when he shot a man in Reno, just mm -hmm. to watch him die, the crowd just... crowd goes nuts. Like, we did that too! <laughs> That's why we're here! That's why we're here. He knows us. <laughs> so uh, my next one is uh, coming off of an album called Russ Never Sleeps. It's a changing point for Neil Young. And uh, this, this album is by Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Um, he separated this album into half acoustic, half electric, and he went on tour with that never rest mentality after that. And it's interesting to note as well that uh, Young was highly influenced by Devo for this album. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, they uh, apparently met and uh, I, I believe they played a couple times yeah. together. Uh, but it's it's talked about by artists and I, I hear it a lot by filmmakers 
that it, that there is a time to call it quits. Uh, whether you lose your edge to make innovative material or there's a fear of tarnishing the legacy that you've already built. Um, some believe that, that, you know, with that, there's a time to say, okay, I'm, I'm done. I should step back and let other people take over. Neil Young wasn't close to quitting at all. And it's the perfect opener for this kind of resurgence album with him doing a lot of different things. So this is uh, My My Hey Hey out of the blue. better the burnout than the fade away um was in kurt cobain's suicide note and it severely affected neil young to the point where he dedicated his next album uh to uh to kurt cobain but also uh you know look at another artist who had something to say about the lyrics in this but there john lennon talked about it in an interview where he didn't agree with the the lyrics, the, the lyrics and he didn't want to know he didn't want to praise dead sid vicious and he didn't want to praise all these people and he had a lot of conflict with that and it, it's pretty interesting to see just how influential this like this one song is you know oh, for yeah. a lot of people and i think uh if you can start an album that way and make people ask a lot of questions you're doing a pretty good job neil young always has that power to yeah. really sear straight to the heart and rock and roll will never die mm-hmm. is more of what you were talking about where he didn't quit yeah and it was a resurgence and it's who he is and so we kept going and yep made a statement so still going. good pick Monty. still going i like that one a lot well i guess this is weird because it's better to fade out than burn away and you could probably <laughs> fade out pretty well to all of the the <laughs> items that are included in this next song that i chose <laughs> um for my notes on this, I put yes all day long. Yes. <laughs> this song. That's a great note. I, it's a feel good hit of the summer from Queens of the Stone Age. It was their introduction track, their first track on Rated R that came out in 2000, which makes me feel a little bit ancient, by the way. 15 years ago. Yeah, 15 years Man. ago to think about it because it's still fresh to me because yeah. it's such a rock record and Queens of the Stone Age just. They this was their breakout record. They had the record before, and of course Caius before that. Mm-hmm. But this record in particular, at the time too, they started touring with Foo Fighters and getting a lot of attention. So it was funny to see a band talking about nicotine, Valium, Vicodin, marijuana, ecstasy, and alcohol, mm-hmm. and being from Palm Desert and just having this like straight up rock party mode that made you move and. It's just it's it's a great song and it's an introduction to a great album from a great band. Yeah, 
yeah so anyway so this is feel good hit of the summer don't do drugs <laughs> I totally forgot about that song until just when you when you nice. brought it up. It's, it's such a good song. It's a driving record too. Oh, very That's much. like okay. How fast can we get there? Yeah. My next jam. My next jam is uh, from 1993, and this is uh, take you back in time. This is Monty when he was deep in the hip hop, but at the same time venturing out to groups like Pearl Jam, Temple of the Dog, Nirvana, and then came this group, the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, I remember buying Gish and Siamese Dream at the same time. Uh, but the first song off of Siamese Dream was uh, what made it for me. And uh, maybe almost completely forget about their first album. <laughs> uh, we're going to listen to Cherub Rock, and it is a song that I identify with Smashing Pumpkins and the combination of that 90s alternative grunge sound, but also that melodicness that that Smashing Pumpkins is able to, uh, to harness in most of their songs. And... Uh, it's just a great, you know, it's, it's a good album completely all the way through, but this song was the, the one that I think today is on Siamese yep. Dream. Yeah. Siamese Dream is an incredible album mm-hmm. in and of, of itself. Like, from start to finish, you can listen to the whole thing. But oh, yeah. Cherub Rock. I, I, I've heard Gish before that, mm-hmm. and, you know, I thought it was okay. It yeah. was my sister's record, but when Siamese Dream came out, that's like my that's record. Your record. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so here's Cherub Rock. I was telling Monty that it's an album that makes you want to play guitar. Oh, yeah. And it's also an album because um, he sounded different from grunge, yep, from grunge at the area at the time, yep. or at the time. And being from Chicago and a little different kind of went, oh, 
that's middle America rock. Mm -hmm. That's just straight up. Yep. And he's still making music, which I think is another factor of what a lot of these artists that we've picked mm -hmm. are still making records. Yep. And to think about how long their careers are from these amazing first tracks to where they are now is pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, definitely. The strength of what their career's been built on exactly. from one song is pretty amazing. So, um, what did I pick next, Monty? Uh, speaking of a band that's still making records and still very influential to a lot of people and a kind of a rites of passage band for a lot of people when they start oh, getting yeah. into music and collecting, I chose Planet Telex from yes. Radiohead's The Bends. Um, I could have gone with Airbag from OK Computer, yep. but I feel like The Bends was the record that transitioned from Pablo Honey into yep. the newer sound, and I really, really adore The Bends, and it felt like a taste of what was to come. You know, um, it's it's very English, but very innovative at the same time. And in my notes, I think I, I just put, I just quoted the uh, the intro, you can force it, but it will not come. Like, it's such a good intro because it's kind of playing with your mind a little bit because it's, you can't tell if it's done via computer or if it's actually guitar, but it is really guitar. Mm -hmm. All of the sounds are natural, but it sounds kind of alien. Yeah. I almost uh, picked everything in its right place, mm. uh, Kid A, uh, Radiohead song, and uh, that's. Uh, um, but this is the this is the next on my list, you know. Before anything else, Radiohead always has great introductions yep. in their albums, so. But I will like this. Telex could be a perfect introduction. It's, you know, we just sat and listened to the to, to the song, and it's, oh, it's just so good. Like it, like it made build. me completely forget about my kid eight or the kid eight choice I wanted. Everything that's right was <laughs> such a good song. Um, so we've talked about Sonic Youth before and how difficult they can be to comprehend, <laughs> whether or not you're a new music person or someone who's been listening for a long time. Uh. Their fourth album, Sister, was the album that popularized them for me. Uh, the album is the album I told friends about, and uh, it wasn't because it's especially user-friendly, uh, yeah. but because the lead-off track was probably the catchiest that, I, that I've seen from them. And I know Daydream Nation has a catchy intro, but this song was the one that did it for me. It's a perfect opening. Well, maybe not perfect, but it's, it's a great opening to let you know how things might be safe uh, when they actually are probably still a little crazy. <laughs> so here's Schizophrenia by Sonic Youth.
sounds like a kid. He sounds like a kid, yep. You know, he, his, he kind of perfected that, like, he still does that, where he speaks to you, but he's kind of droning. Oh, yeah. 1987. I can't get over how young he sounds. Um, uh, going into another band, or a release from the 80s, this was two years later in 1989, and on another continent... Um, I chose the Stone Roses, I Want to Be Adored. Great song. From their debut self-titled album. I, the more I thought about it this week as I was listening to the tracks, this one has a really long intro. This is like a seven-minute song in total. But it builds and builds, and it's... I don't want to sound too dirty, but it really is like foreplay. Like, you feel like something's about to happen. <laughs> like, you feel like... There's gonna be something good. <laughs> it's gonna be wonderful, and it just slight, it just it goes so easily into the groove of the guitar, and then into yep. I want to be adored, and it's the Stone Roses. So that full album is incredible, and it was one of those first albums for me, um, first British bands mm-hmm. that were my own, and I, I I can't even remember how I was introduced to Stone Roses. It was probably. I remember hearing Fool's Gold and buying the single. Yeah. And so I went backwards probably from that and went and bought the album. So anyway, so this is I Wanna Be Adored by the Star should be stated that this next song and album aren't only influ- influential to me, but to a multitude of artists in the 80s, 90s, and probably still today. This is on Monty's top 10 favorite albums of all time, just to let you know. It's a bold statement. Yep. It's this a big is, one. Uh, this is Television, led by Tom Verlaine, released uh, this, this album, Marky Moon, in 1977. A great year for music. Yes, it was. Right? Yep, a great year for music. Spirit of 77 right that's here. That's right. See No Evil is the starting point. The remaining album is just just as equally beautifully composed. It's a kind of a, a love story about urban living and the urban city experience, like a fairy tale almost. Did you already know about television, or did you get introduced by... Television was an introduction to me uh, probably in college, I think. Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit after college. But, um, is, yeah, my buddy Bob told me about it. That's right. My buddy Bob told me about the group, and uh, I'd never heard them before. And uh, he actually gave me his vinyl album. And I nice. went home, and it, it played for days. I mean, <laughs> it like seriously, it played for days. And uh, I still listen to it to this day. Uh, here's See No Evil from television off the market. 
just like even just listening to it now just makes me want to listen to the whole thing. The just guitar. keep it going. Yeah, yeah, the guitar alone. And Monty and I were talking about how I discovered that much later. I didn't know about television at all. I knew about, I had heard about it literally when I was working at Virgin and I was putting things on sale and it was it was probably some awesome influential end cap of music mm-hmm. or something yeah. and I was putting it on sale and I was like, What's this? Yeah. And we had a promo and um, I also remember Chrissy Hine talking about it, saying television was one of the best bands ever, yeah. and Marky Moon, of course. And now it's Spirit of 77, you know, oh, yeah. digging into just that year alone, you will have a very large education. So, you know, good we, pick, money. We also talked about it, too, you know, like, there's going to be people who are going to miss certain albums just because you weren't around when they came out. And uh, I think part of the purpose of doing the podcast for me is... You know, people can tell me of thing, things I might miss mm-hmm. or, you know, we can hopefully tell people out there that there's some things that they should listen to. Yeah, discovery is always good. Yep. Going backwards, you can go backwards for for yeah. ages. It's 2014. Exactly. The beauty of where we are now, we can keep going backwards mm-hmm. and digging. And I had never listened to uh, Miles Davis's Nefertiti album, and uh, I just came across that, like, in the last two years. Yeah, and there's a lot of Miles Davis out there. If you're on yeah. a... If you're on a Davis tangent, you're gonna have, um, have some good stuff to go a back good to. selection and a lot of different eras too, mm-hmm. which is really exciting and to go back to. But um, I don't know how to segue into this next one from a conversation about television and <laughs> Miles Davis. But um, this is a personal one, I guess, and I, I I do believe actually that this is very accessible and very um, important to a lot of people as a as a side one, mm-hmm. track one, um, in the hip-hop world, I chose uh, Sure Shot by the Beastie Boys because it just comes out like a train, you know? Yep. And when you intro with a dog barking, I love you, <laughs> it <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> gets your attention. This one is for Captain Lou. It's, he's our dog mascot here <laughs> at Monty and Mary. He's sitting beside us approving of this, and he might react when he hears the dog. Um, but the other thing about it is that uh, Check Your Head and Nail Communication were very close, and I always think of them as like a double album. They're mm-hmm. kind of the same album, but but Nail Communication I prefer because yeah. it also is the record where MCA comes back and says, this disrespect to women has got to be through, and it's kind of like that turning point where they're like, Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> it's another one yeah. of those where we threw beers at women, and mm-hmm. I like this was the okay. We're gonna be lyrically smart. We've gone through Paul's boutique, and now check your head into ill communication. The same era, and it was more about women and very more accessible. And sure shot is just you can play it anywhere, and yeah. people go nuts. Well, then so. ill, com- ill communication was like the beginning of their video revolution. True, you know? like they yeah. they stopped doing stand in front of the camera and rap and started doing stories yep. with everything. And yeah, the, visually it, speaking, it, it was very exciting, too. Because I believe, is Gratitude on Check Your Head or on Ill Communication? I can't think off the top of my head. Not sure, but I can check that. But even with Paul's Boutique, when you go back to Shadrach, that kind of video mm-hmm. is kind of a uh, an inkling of what they were going into next and... Who knows, is Hornblower? Did Nathaniel Hornblower make his appearance <laughs> during L Communication? When did he start directing their videos? I wonder. 
Not We're sure going to do some leader. research for yeah. you folks yeah. and get back and to we- you on Hornblower <laughs> <laughs> when he started. My brother would be very upset with me that I didn't under- or didn't know that right off the top <laughs> of my head. But anyway, so this is Beastie Boys' Sure Shot. talking about Nathaniel Hornblower and visually how ill communication and check your head were kind of like a whole different new world visually and of course the production and direction from Nathaniel Mm -hmm. Hornblower and I said it sounded or looked like Shadrach that's when it started and Monty just verified that Nathaniel Hornblower's first work was the video for Shadrach oh yeah so Mary I'm I'm not sure if you knew this but did you know that ladies love cool James? I did. I did. It's, it's those lips? <laughs> it's those lips. It's <laughs> no, a, lick your lips. It's amazing that LL is still doing it. I think that's all. <laughs> you know, making records, fighting sharks, surviving attacks <laughs> by Michael Myers, and hanging out with Robin from Batman Forever on television. <laughs> uh, but don't get it twisted. LL has uh, always been on the man on the mic and with the ladies, of course. Uh, on his second release, Bigger and Deffer, he not only makes the ladies see his tender side with uh, I Need Love, mm-hmm. but he starts the album off by letting all the fellas know that they have no chance. There's no chance. No rapper can rap quite like I can. I take a muscle bound man and put his face in the sand, not the laugh. Yep, I go all day. There it is, here's, Monty. <laughs> here's I'm Bad. Ladies love Monty J. <laughs> Here, here's LL here's Cool J's I'm Bad from Bigger and Pepper. Bound man and put his face in the sand. Not the last mafioso, I'm a MC cop. Make it say go LL and do the what? If you think you cannot ride me, yeah boy, I bet. Cause I ain't met a motherfucker who can do that yet. Trent said I'm better, but rhymes are good. I got a go name play that says I wish you would. And when battles begin, then I gotta join in. And before my rhyme is over, you know I'm a win. Cool J has arrived, so you better make way. Ask anybody in the crowd, they say the kid don't play. I think thinking about that being 1987 and I was 10 and 1987. uh, uh, How old were you? I was uh, seven. 
Yeah, six, like seven, thinking yeah. about like we're lucky because it's such a clean rap, like mm-hmm. it's such a clean sound for hip hop at that time. Accessible stuff, you yeah. know. We were we weren't getting like New York mixtapes, but yep. my buddy we were uh, getting things from Def Jam. So I remember my buddy Chris came uh, and he uh, he had fourteen shots to the dome, mm-hmm. the album that came out in the nineties. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, man, this is actually pretty good. Because I didn't have a whole lot of respect for LL at the time. But I remember thinking to myself, this is pretty good. And that's when I went and looked. I mean, I think like a few years later, he had the Mr. Smith album, mm. which was like, I mean, let's be real. That was that song was everywhere. <laughs> and everywhere. Mama said, knock you out. Yeah. And then I went back to Mama said, knock you out. And I went all the way back to, to this. My cousin had, had turned me on to Bigger and Deffer. And I remember thinking to myself, like, the cover is so great. It's just LL mm-hmm. standing out. You know, just looking, Being looking awesome. like, looking like everybody kangle. wants to look out. Yep. Was he still rocking the kangle? He, he was, still right? Rocking yeah. The kangle, yep. Well, I guess he never really let go of that. So. I don't see him wear it too much. He likes to show off his bald head now. Okay. So. Well, he's you know hosting the Oscars and bullshit like yeah, that now. Mm-hmm. So he's. Mama said, "Knock the Oscars out." He's <laughs> he's playing along with the game where, where the money goes, I suppose. But we, d- I actually just listened to Mama said, "Knock you out" that full album this past week at work, and it mm-hmm. was like, hey, it's not his like strongest, but it was very influential at yeah. the time and very powerful. So yeah, that that video too. I yeah. still remember that video. Oh, yeah. I remember going on a field trip in that. <laughs> that's the cassette we had on the bus going to like Sunset Crater. <laughs> and we're all like, yeah. yeah. All these Mama little... said, knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, days like that. All um, right, let's hear this transition to the next one. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's another, well, it's another 90s. The other pro- Monty and I were just talking about like how hard it is for us to find songs, f- intro songs mm-hmm. to bands in the recent years. I, I mean, it might not be hard for a lot of people out there, but for us, it's kind of like well, there's so many classic albums, so mm-hmm. many things from the era that we grew up in and introduced to. I don't know if that's. I hope that's not just my age talking. I think that's just being born in a good time yep. and being able to get a lot of good music. So. Not to say that there's not good music now, but the intro factor is hard to beat with these. But, oh, yeah. Um, so going back to the 1994, I chose R.E.M. What's the Frequency, Kenneth? From Monster, because the guitar intro, I mean, it's Mike Mills on this is its signature, and mm-hmm. it makes you instantly pay attention. Uh, the video was great. I think Monster, the album, gets a lot of flack. It's not being one of their best, but I really liked Monster. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great album, and this is a great intro. Um, and it's about, uh, what's his name? Walter Cronkite, Walter right? Cronkite. Yeah. Yep. What's his name? So it's a Walter Cronkite <laughs> quote. What's the frequency, Kenneth? So, this is Aria.
R.E.M. Do you like that record? Was that a record I, for you? I like it. It's not one that I've uh, I've put up, you know, I put the song up really high because I really like What Springs Together. Yeah. Um, but it's not one that I uh, I go back to often. I still like it, Well, though. I'm glad I could bring it back into yeah. the limelight yeah. here for a minute. So where we're going next is uh, with a band uh, that has had influence over punk rock. Uh, we can make a lengthy decision or the discussion over the uh, amount of influence that Joy Division has had on punk rock. Um, this is a, an interesting album because I, I was not a Joy Division fan for uh, until I got to college. I didn't really even know about them, to be honest, mm-hmm. until I got to college. And uh, a, a buddy of mine uh, who was, like, super into all kinds of music, and he, he'd go, like, search lists and stuff like that for albums that he should get. Uh, he had Closer in mm-hmm. my car. Yeah, Closer's there. And uh, I didn't tell him that I my, my car's CD player ate the CDs. Oh, and, uh, no. Closer got stuck, in the, and it could never get it back. So I just bought him a new one, and I kept that one. And uh, I remember, uh, I remember thinking to myself like I kept listening like the radio, but every now and then I just turn it on, and mm-hmm. there's that CD that played, and I, I was like, man, every time I listened to it, more and more, it got better and better. And then I came along, uh, unknown pleasures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first song that we're gonna play today, or then not the first song, but their first track, Disorder, off of Unknown Pleasures, is. Uh, I remember when it started up, I'm like, this is so much better than Closer. And it was just <laughs> it one was. song. It's whatever's more accessible to you, too. Mm-hmm. Now you see, like, it bugs me a little bit that I see, pe- like, people playing off the shirt design, you know, off the album mm, cover design. Yeah. Disney yeah. did one and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Anyways, here's Disorder by Joy by Jordan. first new order yeah because of my age um and the blue monday is one of the best songs ever made and so i didn't know about joy division even after listening to new order for a while because i didn't have any references Mm -hmm. and so i didn't learn about joy division till later and the older it's which is a good thing because i think i wouldn't have been ready for joy division because it's a little bit more um i don't know emotional yeah. Because you can hear it in his voice, all the things that are going on. And I'm amazed that's 1979. Yeah, I believe so. To think about that era and then hiding out in Manchester somewhere, you yeah. know, making these songs that sound so fresh. Um, on a totally different energy level, I suppose. <laughs> and coming back to the United States and to middle America. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in my notes I put, is there a better intro to any album? The answer is no. <laughs> nope. No, there is no better intro to an album than this song. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I chose Let's Go Crazy by Prince yes. from Purple Rain, uh, released in 1984. The beauty of Prince is that he's Prince. Mm-hmm. But Purple Rain, the soundtrack into the film, you don't even need you don't need both to appreciate either. Mm-hmm. You could watch the film and be like, "This is so good! This is such a great movie!" And then you can hear the soundtrack anytime, any day, mm-hmm. all year long, and it's still good. So he he was just at a movie award <clears throat> show recently, and uh, he came out to present something. And I'll never forget the camera moved it or like panned to like the people in the audience, and they were going nuts. Like we're talking like A list, you know, actors it's were like Prince. It's Prince. Yeah, they were like, it's Prince. <laughs> yeah. There's there's something to the name, but you know, dearly beloved, we mm-hmm. are gathered here today to get this <laughs> to yep. get through this thing called life. And it's another one of those intros where you're like, that man believes in me. Oh yeah. We're gonna get through this together, and let's go crazy. Yeah. And the energy that it brings, yeah. you just can't feel bad. Well, anyway, Monty, happens. let's go crazy. Let's go. You can always see the sun, day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be alright. decent transition we can make here uh so i i went to an album called off the wall oh. michael jackson free from motown but still <coughs> touring me. and making music with the jacksons who had to relinquish their name after they couldn't be the jackson five anymore mm-hmm. um quincy jones and michael met after they worked on a little movie called the whiz <laughs> and uh michael he's on down he's on <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Michael wanted to do something different. He didn't want to make uh, sounds that sounded like the Jackson 5. And uh, what started with Off the Wall was, I mean, it was a career changer. It was what established his legacy, if you will. You oh, know, yeah. The beginning of it all. Soul, funk, blues, all it's that. It's such a great album. Yep, all of that it's... mixed into one. And the opening track, Don't Stop Till You Get, Until you get Enough, is uh, could be... We actually, um, this past week at work, we were listening to a Brazilian mix. It was a boogie Brazilian mix. Awesome. And they go into this cover of uh, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. And I was just like, you know it immediately because of that sound. But the, you know, the international factor of Mm -hmm. this album and how it's just, it's so great. It goes right to the heart. And Off the Wall is such a, 
I think it is the best Michael Jackson album. I know that's hard for some people to hear, but I feel it's the truest to him. I agree. Completely agree. I love Thriller, but mm-hmm. Thriller is a commercial. Yeah. You know, looking back, it's just like, it's a fucking Pepsi ad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and every Halloween you hear it. No offense really to those up. that love Thriller, and I'm not going to deny the record, but Off the Wall is a true... There's no need for it to be commercially successful yep. it's just a solid record and it's a perfectionist record you can tell that michael's you it was the beginning of seeing how of a perfectionist mm-hmm. he was and working with quincy jones who makes yep. it warm and full and he just yep. looks like a good kid like yeah. he's himself and he looks normal and i think that healthy uh, and happy i think uh, he has uh, some writers on there that are pretty famous too i think paul mccartney was a yep. writer for that album yeah and it's that era you know that's yeah. that's that's the beginning and then the story of Michael Jackson is really heartbreaking to me, and I think it's heartbreaking to a lot of people. I adore the Jackson 5 going into Off the Wall mm-hmm. and Thriller, and, but then into the 80s and 90s, it's just a mockery of yeah. who he is. And well, I didn't realize I felt so strongly in Starlight <laughs> until I started talking about it, but it's a heartbreaking thing because... Yeah. The talent and the soul is incredible of Michael Jackson. So. Well, and uh, he's like, uh, you know, for people our age, you know, my mom remembers Elvis. My mom remembers mm-hmm. when, John, when, when John Lennon died. Um, and you can say that about Kurt Cobain for us, but I was only like 13 when he died. For me, it was Michael. I was like... There's a difference between Michael Jackson and Kurt yeah. Cobain, you know, big time to mm-hmm. me. And that's It's a whole different world because it's about showmanship and singing and yeah. dancing and... I remember vividly watching the Motown special and seeing the moonwalk. Mm-hmm. It's and then seeing, like you said before, <clears throat> the sad parts. You know, it's heartbreaking, you know, when... and it made you feel like the world's dying. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you've ruined Michael Jackson. You've taken away his soul by money and yeah. all of these things. That I was so excited when he said he was gonna go back on tour. Yeah, I remember telling my wife. I said, if he goes to town, I'm, we're getting tickets. I'm not missing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's. But anyway, good pick, Monty. It made me go on to you know, a whole different tangent. Here. So here's Don't Stop So You Get It Up. It's got a lot of power, and it makes me feel like it. It makes me feel like it. crazy Ooh. like it makes you move so and it's dance party up in here yeah i love it and maracas and maracas don't stop to get enough 
You could you could hear my crotch grabs. Oh, uh, well, that is very MJ appropriate yeah. because he is the king of the. Oh, oh. crotch! There's your crotch. crotch there grab. it is. Did you hear it? You... <laughs> I heard it. Crotch grab. <laughs> That anyway. wasn't really crotch <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Monty is debasing this situation, <laughs> making it yeah. something that it shouldn't be. With his crotch grabs, he can't get enough. Um, I'm going to go right into a way different thing. One of the surprising things about this next song that I picked to me is that it's 1989, and to think about being 12 years old and not knowing the song until I was older. I feel like I was missing out. And I was like, damn it. Why couldn't I have gotten that album earlier? <laughs> I wish it was around for longer. Um, but anyway, I picked Pixies, the debaser song yes. from Doolittle. Kim Deal's bass, the intro. This is the first song on Doolittle. And Doolittle, as we all know, is one of the best mm-hmm. records ever made. Oh, yeah. Uh, indie alternative. And to me, the 4AD record label... Once I got a hold of a 4AD record, it was all over. Like, I wanted every record from 4AD, which is awesome when you can find a label like that. Um, I feel that way about 4AD. I felt that way about Sire Mm -hmm. with Madonna. Yep. Chrysalis Records, I think because of Olivia Mm -hmm. (laughs) Newton-John. Yep. Um, MJ, what was MJ on? Uh... I mean, I know it was Epic it Legacy was before, Epic Legacy, yeah, but, but it, well, it was Columbia. Yeah. So right, going yeah. back and like recognizing a label, that's kind of what this did for me too, because it was such a solid record. But um, and there's also a song that I was thinking about when I was listening to this called called "I Want to Be a Cool," as cool as Kim Deal, mm-hmm. and I still do. Yep. So anyway, this is Pixie's Debaser from Doolittle. put uh surfer rosa Mm. bone machine on there i broke my ankle once and Mm -hmm. they literally they gave me some like neuro this machine that you put on your Mm -hmm. foot and it makes the it's bone stimulator bone stimulator but on the package it says bone machine so for (laughs) like i was like i got a little bone machine Anyway, That's awesome. still have it if we if we ever need to bring a prop in. Little bone machine action, <laughs> and it sounds dirty. Yeah, <laughs> wait a second. What is that? <laughs> All right, uh, this is it. 
Cute you want to know how to start an album? Look no further than Five Years from David Bowie's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. It's an amazing song from an amazing artist at the height of his creative freedom. Uh, Bowie will, uh, tells about the destruction of Earth and continues on a strange verzi, ver, uh, on a strange journey all the way until the very end of the album. Uh, five years has been noted by, I think I've heard this one brought up in the discussion of best first tracks by tons of people. So I wanted to give it some love here. Here's David Bowie's Five Years. I saw you in an ice cream parlor Drinking milkshakes cold and long Smiling and waving and looking so fine Don't think you knew you were in the song And it was cold and it rained So I felt like an actor and a thought asking Monty where would we be without David Bowie and the answer is probably nowhere in a bad place in a bad bad place with not a lot of influence and ability to say hey somebody can change all the time I can do that if I need to so yep in five years who knows where we'll be in five years ago we didn't know we'd be here so that's right um uh, da, 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 da. Always a weird thing to transition into, like such classic songs. But I guess these are all classics. Oh yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me. I got so excited talking to Monty about five years and cheese. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so this next one I picked is a um, a song that always reminds me of driving in the snow with my friend. She would play this record, she would play it over and over <laughs> and over, and I think it's what made me endeared to her and always feel like this album is such a... Uh, it's a solid album. It's one that kind of changed things for them and yeah. literally literally <laughs> made them popular to the masses. They were popular before, but this was a changing point. So I chose uh, Never Let Me Down Again by Depeche Mode. <clears throat> And it's off of the 1987 album, Music for the Masses. Again, another album that came out when I was 10, but didn't really sink into my life until I was 15, <laughs> 16. And I got it, and it was great. So this is for my friend Christy, who always played this one.
yeah. Never let me, <laughs> never let me down again. Fight the fresh mode. <laughs> never nice, let my cheese yeah, down again. Nice return. <laughs> it's all so, you now. We talked about uh, sticking to older stuff. You know, like not finding newer groups. And when I looked at my list, I'm like, man, there, there really isn't a newer group on here. So it's weird. I found one, and it, it comes from a group called the National. And it's off their Boxer album. And uh, Fake Empire is their layered introduction to their fourth album. Uh, Piano and voice. We add a drum beat. rest of the band comes in. Mm -hmm. It is is really a good song. Almost five minutes long. Uh, It's simple, yet it fits the album like to a T. Um, It feels like an ode. I I told somebody, it feels like an ode to like the past. Mm -hmm. Like they're trying to bring into some influence from where they are but also an appreciation for where they want to go in the future so here is a uh, uh, fake empire by the national off their boxer album in a fake empire we're half awake in a fake empire tiptoe through our shiny city with our diamond slippers on do our gay ballet nights Bluebirds on our shoulders We're half awake in a fake empire We're half awake in a fake empire that we picked no female artists for these intros but there's plenty of great mm-hmm. female records so we talked about Joan Jett I yep. Love Rock and Roll is a debut is a track one song yep that we will never diss Joan Jett again nope and I, I have Linda we'll Ronstadt uh, a Linda Ronstadt song You're No Good off of her uh, Heart Like a Wheel album and then P.J. Harvey Rude of Me oh yeah you know I'm from that anyway so the ladies love Cool James, but apparently we didn't love the ladies <laughs> on this mix. So. But speaking of females and um, a, a song title yeah. that kind of flows right into this, I chose the first track from Distill from the White Stripes from 2000, a song called You're Pretty Good Looking for a Girl, <laughs> which... Kind of is like the theme for this now that I'm looking back and not picking any females. So I just remember hearing the song. I already heard the debut album from White Stripes and I loved it. But this album, his intro with this, I was kind of like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Yeah. <laughs> who is he talking to? <laughs> Especially at that age, I was super surly. And not to say that I'm not a little now, but um, just like, wait, is he is he in love with the girl or is he... It's kind of like third grade flirting, where mm-hmm. he's going to punch her and be like, I like you, but I don't like you. Yep. Like, you're pretty good looking for a girl, but he really wants to be her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. And 
says, you know, your back's, your back is so broken, but your eyes are wide open. Um, what are you going to do next? I'm here. I want to be with you. So anyway, so it's White Stripes. You're pretty good looking for a girl. transition to the next one uh this 1967 stacks produced album from hall of fame inductee albert king is one of the best definitions of the blues for me this album modern modernized blues for future generations uh didn't relinquish that blues form to just one you know one style but made it adaptable for other inspirations and born under the bad under a bad sign is uh you want to talk about a song that's all about the blues that's it and uh Born on the Bad Sign should be in any blues fans uh, in, in their catalog. Mm-hmm. So uh, without further ado, here's Born on the Bad Sign. Born on the Bad Sign Been down since I began to call If it wasn't for bad luck You know I wouldn't have no luck at all Monty, that is a, oh, yeah. a true blue sign. Oh, yeah. And it also makes me want to wonder when Albert King's birthday is. Because, you know, yeah. he's born but, under yeah, a bad sign. What to... could be that sign? <laughs> he's probably got the same birthday as me. Or me, yeah. Womp womp. womp, womp. Uh, but that and uh, we were talking about... Uh, oh, bother. <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> oh, blues. But we were talking about blues songs and other, like, archetypal blues mm-hmm. songs, like... B.B. King. Oh, yeah. Um, nobody, Muddy Waters. Nobody Loves Me, Not Even My Mother. Uh, Muddy Waters. And... Champagne and Reefer. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Give me Uh-oh. champagne when I'm thirsty. <laughs> Give me Reefer when I want to get high. Get it, Monty. Yep. Monty is smiling when he says it, though, so he doesn't really have the blues <laughs> no, <but yeah. laughs> at all. He's got the greens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did we call it last time? The grass? 
Oh, the grass. The he grass. might be on the grass. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the grass uh, this comes out of the Emerald City which is green like grass Um, this was from 1998 this is Pearl Jam's Brain of Jay from the Yield record people ask me what's your favorite Pearl Jam record I say it's a very tight close race between Vitology and Yield I love Yield Um, there's something maybe it's just my time period because it was 1998. It was a very great year. Um, and it was kind of a return of Pearl Jam. It was a little different. This is also the last record that Matt Cameron's on. Yep. Matt Cameron playing drums is... It, my friend Todd actually made me think about this, that that's when it changed. After Yield, it kind of changes because Jack Irons is in. Yep. But it does make a difference when you're a true band. And they're a band, you know. Obviously, they're very strong players in it. Um so anyway, on, on off that tangent, but Brain of Jay is about JFK, and it, visually, this was also the first record in a while where they did a video. Yeah. They did Revolution, and they, they were kind of amped up a bit, and I remember the very first day this record came out, I was working in a store, and we put it in and just fucking cranked it, and mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, who's got the Brain of JFK? What's yeah. a, what does it mean to us now? And... It's just excitable, and you know the message of the whole world will be different now. It's fun and good. I mean, I guess it's not fun, but it's exciting, and things happen and change. So, anyway, Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam. Last song for me today, uh, and I want to tell you that I'm going to throw down the gauntlet. You know, I like to do that. Boom. Right? I think Neil Peart is the greatest living drummer. We're talking about drummers. Yep. He's up there. He's amazing. Three guys making big, bold music on the album Moving Pictures. Uh, You're totally pulling your dude card right now, by I the told, way. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> to see these guys in concert. And I'm telling you, Tom Sawyer is, is an amazing song to start an album off. And uh, I'm not even going to say anymore. It's this incredible. Is track one, Tom Sawyer off of Moving Pictures. Have fun. That's fucking <laughs> A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Mind is not for them. Don't put 
bodies. Yeah. Rapping his bass. Rapping a bass. Uh, I remember going to see the Beastie Boys, by the way, and Mixmaster Mike opened with Tom Sawyer. Like, awesome. it was incredible. The whole place just went insane. That's so. amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, that's uh, that's that's our jams. Uh, however, we do have two special ones we from do. our from our uh, man in the booth, Mr. Jeremy. He uh, he gave us his two uh, his two songs that he uh, he loves as uh, first first tracks. The first cut is the deepest. So here's his first one by good old Iggy and the Stooges off of Raw Power. This is Search and Destroy. I'm a runaway son of the nuclear A-bomb I am the world's forgotten boy The one who searches and destroys Iggy Pop to save my soul. Good old Iggy Pop. We had him on last time. All right, and the next song that uh, that Jeremy picked is uh, very close to my heart as well too. Uh, off of Miles Davis's "Kind of Blue," this is the amazing introduction solo. Actually, well, here's a funny story. The picture that somebody just sent me is a picture of Mary's Club, which is the oldest strip club in Portland. Oh. So, anyway, on a, on a totally different note. <laughs> on that note. Uh, on that note. So, first, I guess. Yes, first. Speaking of first and wrapping up the first tracks on these albums, it's been really fun and very excitable for me. Oh, yeah. So, and thank you, Jeremy. Those are really good, good first songs. Good picks, sir. Good picks. Thank you, Monty, for picking some awesome songs as well. Mary, I try to match your expertise every time. Sometimes <laughs> it's I... It's just life still... experience. You have a lot of good music life experience, and that's what it's about. Yep. I'm just lucky that I've gotten to be a little bit closer in record stores, so... Hey, you have good stuff, and I learn a lot from you every time I'm on here. Uh, as we 
leave you today, we always like to say, get your music, go to your digital downloading places and purchase your music, go to your record store and Go to the record stores first. Go to the record stores first. I agree. agree. And then if those record stores happen to have websites that have digital, go there first. Yes. But just get your music. Get your music. Listen and uh, let us know. You know, we're, we're available. We have a blog site that you can uh, send emails to if you have any suggestions or any yeah it'd be uh, really cool to direct emails from people that are yeah. actually listening to see what they think we should do next that's right thank you because we got the... tons of ideas oh, yeah. but more feedback is always good exactly we want to hear what you guys want us to talk about uh thanks again to uh, all the people that have been listening and have been sending out wonderful 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 statements of support and everything we appreciate you very much uh i think that's it yeah. yeah. Thank you to Captain Lou for Captain being our mascot Lou, thanks today. Thanks a lot. And uh, we'll be back soon, everyone, with uh, episode six uh, here with Mixed Up with Mary and Monty. I am Monty. And I'm Mary. Have a good one. Bye.